Welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every week. I'm Ashley. I'm Ben. This is Ben. You're, aren't you normally over there? Uh, yeah, somewhere. Maybe blurry. Ben has, okay. ben has a, a face today. He we're, does. We're pulling, we're pulling I feel him like you should league. scoot over this way a little bit, though, so he's still isolated a little. <laughs> it's true. We don't want to get him too used to human contact. Yeah. I'm Ryan, by the way. Hello. Um, and quick uh, thanks to our sponsors for this episode, MeUndies and Movement, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. Mostly, mostly undies because they're wonderful. Um, but we have a couple things to talk about this week. Um, we're going to run through news. A lot's been happening. Gamescom's been on, so there've been a lot of announcements. Age of Empires 4, very exciting. Uh, and <laughs> SNES Classics, so much to talk about there. Uh, we're going to talk about Uncharted: The Lost Legacy that came out earlier this week, um, and I'm super excited to talk about it. And then we haven't done this since we did our pilot episodes. Uh, but I want to play a game of casting the Uncharted movie. Hmm. All right. You know, I think we did a wonderful job before, and I have lots of ideas here. So uh, we'll we'll go through. We'll talk about the, some of the different main characters. We'll talk about uh, some of the people that we think could play them. We're going to put together our own pretend movie. Not like a, we're not going to adapt one specific game or anything. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but before we get into that, what you been playing? I, uh, I mean, honestly, it's not been a lot new in my my repertoire lately. Uh, no, aside, repertoire. Repertoire. Uh, aside from uh, obviously playing Lost Legacy a little bit more, um, I, I'm going to start Hellblade tonight and see if I agree with Adam's assessment on it. You know, Adam actually told me that he refunded it. Really? Because yeah. he was well, so he was under the two-hour mark. Mm -hmm. So you know, let that be you know a, a caveat for sure. Uh, but based on the first two hours, he said he just didn't enjoy it enough to want to continue playing it. So he just refunded it and he'll spend his time and his money on something else. Which is a sentiment that I can totally understand. If you're just not enjoying a game, then why would you force yourself to play it? That's kind of the opposite point of games. Uh, but uh, I'm, it's a game that I certainly am super interested in. For me, the challenge is finding time to like sit down with headphones and block out the world because Everything I know about that game is that the audio is very, very important, right. and it's like you want to get, you want to spend time and be engrossed in it. The, it's creepily amazing. They, they touted that of that part of it a lot, the uh, binaural audio kind of thing, which is interesting uh, introduction to something like that in a game. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, and yeah, I mean, a lot of people were kind of upset with. Adam's opinion of it when he was talking about it, but hey, every game isn't for everybody. We're not here to tell you not to go buy or play something. We're just going to tell you what we ourselves experience, and if you happen to like the things that we've liked in the past, maybe that's constructive, but otherwise... From what I've seen, I've, I've at least from what the internet has told me, is get past that two-hour beginning mark. Well, that's, I mean, it's that's not great. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say, like, yeah. you know, you don't want to sit through a whole two hours before something gets good. It's Especially insane. if that's the two-hour mark is where the refund point is. So right. if you need to make something hook someone in in the, that first two hours, that's a lot of time for some people. True, although yeah, there are some games where there's a buildup. They're, they're putting together pieces so that when an event happens, like when there's a twist or a turn, it has meaning, and that takes time. And I don't think asking two hours is that much, but I agree if you're not having fun and you think about going back to play a game and you just don't want to, then by all means, that's fine. If you, if you don't want to stick with it, that doesn't make you a bad person. 
Nope. It, you know, it doesn't make you a bad gamer. But I also, uh, you know, I like that people are saying that more does happen. It does change. And so if you are willing to put in the time, it's like those TV shows where you say, no, no, after eight episodes, it gets good. Or the starting with the second season, it really starts to find its, find its feet. So not everyone's willing to put in the first yeah. eight episodes or the first season. If you are and you are happy with what you get out of it as a result, great. If you're not, okay. That, uh, there's a problem, though, with, with translating that concept from watching something to playing something, which is when it's watching something, you can kind of just passively, like, kick back and like, all right, well, it's not really doing anything for me, but I got nothing going on and I'm laying in bed. I might as well just watch something that's kind of mindless. Your, your laundry folding. Right, Throw exactly. It it's like, just kind of yeah, like, I'm watching something. You can kind of like something. osmosis it and get the exactly. important points mm -hmm. through the beginning until you get to what's actually needed. But when you're playing, it's like, no, you, you got to do it or nothing's going to happen. Yeah, so it's, it's demanding you actively participate in your own boredom to some degree. Exactly, yeah. It's like, I, I hate this. Why won't I stop? Yeah, and just to be clear, not saying that uh, Hellblade is mm -mm. boring. It actually sounds like it's right up general, my alley. General commentary on just how games need to be engaging. Yeah, I like everything that I'm hearing about it, including the first two hours, the, even the even the introductory the slow uh, roll, puzzly slow roll bits. I'm totally on board with. So uh, now that I've completed Lost Legacy, I think uh, Hellblade is next on my list. The All more right. I hear about it, the more I actually want to play it. I did tune into Adam's stream at one point when he was playing it, and it looked really creepy, uh, and I kind of just immediately tuned out. I love horror games and everything, but this is just like a weird. Weird but, creepy, okay. Weird creepy, but. That, that's my one caveat. Creepy, I'm creepy. terrible at horror games. Ooh. So I'm gonna have to play it with the lights on, and I'm worried that the audio is gonna be too immersive for me. Hmm. Because I'm a sissy. Just make sure no one's gonna sneak up on you in the room while you're doing it. That's true, I'll put my back to a wall. <laughs> and then, and get like all the cats mm -hmm. out of there so nothing can just touch my leg at any point. Mm -hmm. That might freak me out. Oh, do it during the hurricane. Oh, yeah. Great oh. idea. Yeah, I'll play it during a storm. And and then, when my power might out. go out. And then the roof will come off and it'll be like, ah, I'm in the game. Super immersive. Very 4D. immersive. Yeah. 4D. Love it. What have you been playing, Ben? Oh, man. Uh, so Blizzard has its hooks in me. Um, I'm still playing Hearthstone, <laughs> still playing Overwatch. Have you managed to open all 50 of your packs? Yes. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to buy more, but I have enough to actually kind of like play competitively against other people, have fun with it, and not be like working through the grind of Hearthstone, which is good. Um, playing Overwatch just because we have a few in-office tournaments that have been set up. There is a new short that came out for May. Yes. Did you watch Ooh. that? I watched that and then immediately jumped back into the game to play as May because she's one of my favorite characters. So that, yeah, that short made me tear up a little bit. It was uh, really good, really, like, I don't know, it was just really, like, emotional. It was a great short. Yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, sadness in that one. It's a lot of loss. Yeah. Which is, it's interesting so far that there's been this May one that's pulling at the heartstrings. Uh, there was the Bastion one pulling at the heartstrings. The, the game itself seems so upbeat and high energy, and then they put these shorts out that make you sad for everyone. The game, Blizzard just has a, does such a good job for a game that has no story, uh, actually developing these characters and throwing so much story into their cinematic arts. Well, let's say it, it has no active, ongoing storyline necessarily. Now, it doesn't right. have story because I think people might disagree with you on That's that. That's true. Fans, fans have jumped in and they like have 
tied together voice lines from every character to determine like who has what relationship with who, like what Genji and Mercy's relationship is. It's insane. And I, I actually love following that. The shipping is strong with Overwatch. Oh man, <laughs> so much. Yeah, for a game that does is just a versus game, fans have really rallied behind it for what the story is. Um, but besides those two things, well, it's um, light until they release a short, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Hearthstone released a short as well, along with that May trailer. I don't know if it got buried with that, but it's yeah, just. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't heard nearly as many people talking about the Hearthstone stuff. It's a. Uh, I guess it's just a short about a young girl that kind of is like walking in the snow and finds this Hearthstone box and opens it, and all of a sudden she's in the tavern where everyone's playing Hearthstone. It's this big, joyous, momentous occasion where you know, like a song breaks out and they're talking about Hearthstone and singing about it. And so, girl walking alone gets abducted into a place she shouldn't be. Interesting. All right. Yep. Look, so that sounds I... like an Amber Alert. Well, look, I can be walking along, and at any moment, I might end up in a bar. That's a good day. That's that's my phone ringing, going, be on the lookout for a Hearthstone box in a forest. <laughs> Just don't pick it up. <laughs> Whatever happens, don't pick but it yeah. up. Yeah. Other than that, also, I also finally started Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Uh, Thoughts so far? I really like it. I think I've had enough time between Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn for the um, like open world climbing aspect to not affect me as much. Uh, I got to the beginning portion through, I guess, like the, I got to the first main boss. Uh, defeated that, and I've loved it so far. I can't wait to be sucked up into that. Are you still in the starting valley? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, d I did not expect how much world there was going to be outside the starting valley once it opened up. It's I mean, one of those games that, like, once I saw how big the map was, like, for Assassin's Creed, immediately when I saw it, I like, just started marking things so I can go explore them and open up the map. I'm going to immediately do that with Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm going to go mark as much as I can, explore all the map, and then once I have everything unlocked, go back and actually do the story. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. So you? now, are you playing? Are you playing PS4, PS4 Pro? PS4. Okay. Uh, I've been uh, so I've been playing Uncharted: Lost Legacy. Uh, it's I finished it last night. Uh, it's which I'm loving. We'll talk about that, you know, more later. Other than that, I actually haven't played too many other games this week. I had a very real life weekend, which is unusual for me. And do you ever get frustrated that you have to do productive things and don't have time to just? Be a lazy bum. <sighs> Actually, I have two children at home. There's no such thing as being allowed to be a lazy bum for about another 10 years, I think. Yeah. That's my life right now. For me, the weekend was goldfish. <sighs> goldfish. I don't, it's is, uh, not specifically uh, gaming related in any way, actually, but uh, on the podcast, I think Bernie was telling a story. Uh, when we bought our house, it came with fish. There was a that koi pond out. Odd. I know. Oh, there's it's a, there's an external. This, yes. Okay. There's this koi pond um, out front. Well, it's not a koi pond. It had koi in it, which made it a koi pond. But it's just a little. They do sort little, of define the little pond. little yeah. pond with a with a fountain and the previous owners, where they were moving, they didn't have water, so they said just like keep the fish. Here's fish food. You feed them. Uh, pretty easy. So I've had fish, and I've become very emotionally attached to the fish. And um, so someone known no little spears so for some, impromptu spear fishing. Or no, no okay. spear. I heard something happened to the fish. Something did. Uh, oh. Someone we don't know who decided to be helpful and top up the water levels in the pond with the hose, and forgot about it, left it running, oh, and, no. and also didn't treat the water. So by the time Bernie and I got home from work, pretty much all the pond water had been replaced with hose water, which is chlorinated, uh, and the fish had died. Oh. So our, our fish all died. So it's been several weeks of a grieving process, and then over the weekend we decided to begin rebuilding, and we went and bought a whole bunch of goldfish instead of koi, because they're mm. they're very hardy, and we're not ready for the emotional commitment of big fish, so we're getting a whole bunch of little fish right hardy? now. very hardy? Aren't the goldfish the ones you get at the fair that die in a week? Uh, the goldfish are actually super, like, they're, they're very livable. Resilient. It's that 
they don't belong in fish bowls, uh, for example. Okay. So we, we got a bunch of goldfish. I think we're gonna try and get a, a bunch more to just add to the pond and have like a nice glittery uh -huh. school of fish in there. So, so what that's what I spent all over weekend the weekend. Doing. You did real life Stardew Valley. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Minus the crops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or the mining. Or the fighting of enemies. We'll get you a sword and a pickaxe so next weekend you can actually go out and do those things too. Perfect. Yeah, don't tell Brian. Uh, yeah, so I, I did that instead of uh, playing too many games. So just the, the one game for me mm. for this week. But uh, The I, game of life. The game of life. Um, but it was, it's been kind of an eventful week because Gamescom has been happening. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we can uh, pretty well um, hop into the news, but... I'm gonna need, the, like there's so much, and some of the news is really crazy what's happened. So um, I'm gonna need you to hold on to your pants, all right? Especially if they're MeUndies. Are they MeUndies? They're not today. You're not wearing MeUndies today? No. Man, I wear MeUndies like every day. I wear them most days, but not today. You gotta talk to that underwear fairy. You need to talk to the underwear fairy, because the underwear fairy underwear is fairy hasn't, hasn't visited us in a while. Yeah, I think, I think we might she's need to... getting lost. Well, maybe maybe after this, because this episode of Glitch Please is sponsored by Me Undies, and everyone should have a pair. Uh, good underwear, it helps you feel like really confident. You also you feel when you're wearing like really mm. fun underwear, like you can you just walk around like I got a cool secret, um, and you just you know you feel good. Uh, Me Undies is the most comfortable pair of underwear you'll ever own as well. So you feel awesome and you're going to feel really comfortable. It's made from a sustainably sourced, naturally soft fabric that's three times softer than cotton and is also super breathable. They've got all kinds of crazy patterns. They've got like pandas. They have new patterns every month that they, that they switch out. Uh, and so whatever your preference for underwear type is, they've got it. Also um, for cuts, boy shorts, bikinis, thongs, something for everyone, boxers, boxer briefs. The boy thongs, eh? Mm. Yeah, you 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 want, you're rolling in with the boy thongs? I don't know, never tried one. Definitely need to go talk well, to the underwear Well, may, maybe talk to the underwear mm -hmm. fairy and sort you out. Um, there's so many different types to choose from um, for every mood you can possibly have. And once you feel them, once you get them on your junk, you're gonna love them. They're super comfortable, super touchable. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, and so they'll, they will set the tone for your day. Right now, MeUndies has an exclusive offer. Um, get 20% off your first pair and free shipping. Just go to uh, MeUndies.com slash glitch and get your pair of underwear. Um, so 20% off, first pair, free shipping. Uh, and if you decide that you don't super duper love the underwear, that's fine. You can keep them. They don't want them back. <laughs> um, and let's see, limited time offer, so make sure you get them. Also make sure you check back right with MeUndies regularly because they do add new patterns all the time and they're super fun. So that's MeUndies.com slash glitch for 20% off your first pair and free shipping. Those things are so comfortable. They're mm -hmm. great. All right, let's talk about the news. <laughs> All right, so this was Gamescom. They've had tons of crazy announcements, but a lot of the news, so like they announced Age of Empires 4 mm -hmm. uh, for PC. Uh, people are really excited about that, unless they're on Xbox, because a lot of console players have been asking for Age of Empires, and they said, we'll make a new Age of Empires, but not for you. You don't get it. Right. Um, the uh, the ARC developers uh, are talking cross-play again, so the, the cross-play between uh, PlayStation and Xbox is coming up again in conversation. Uh, specifically, the ARC developers said on Twitter, we have it working internally, but currently Sony won't allow it. I knew it was going to come down to Sony. Sony, 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 Sony. Well, Sony's declined in the past, and they, they've had, well, they've had some Whoa. new reasons. They say that they, you know, they... 
uh, have a responsibility for their users, for the kind of content that they're encountering. But that's kind. That's wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Of, I know exactly. What is, is it like the Jets and the Sharks? They think the people on the other side of the tracks are going to rough up their user base. <laughs> well, it's also a, a little bit of a. It's like a push off. So it's exactly saying like, oh, those Xbox people. We don't want you. We don't want with, you associating with, those, with them. That bad crowd. Those green bastards. But it's it's Why? like they've never played an online game. Yeah, it's true. Because I. I'm your, pretty sure someone's fucked your mom on both sides of the fence. So exactly. So okay. So like Minecraft was like another thing that was touting cross-platform play. Right. Came um, out, Sony didn't have it. Um, is it because like do you have to sign into a Microsoft account like with Mike like with Minecraft? Well, maybe? but it's not just it's not just that. Rocket League has also said that they want to do cross-play, but hmm. Sony's the one locking it down. Uh, on the Minecraft note, though, Microsoft did say that uh, they're still in talks with Sony. They're trying to get crossplay happening. Uh, specifically, and again, this was happening at, uh, at Gamescom, uh, Aaron Greenberg said, we do partner with Sony on Minecraft, and of course, we'd like to enable them to be part of that, one community to unite gamers. So we're talking to them, and we're hopeful that they'll be supportive of it. Because with Minecraft right now, it's going to be cross-platform on, on your iPad, PC, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. They're based Basically, all building into one universe, except for PlayStation. I, man, I would love for it to be split across all the platforms. I purchased on Switch just so I can sit on the couch while someone else is playing it on Xbox. We can play together. It would be great to have PS4 in there as well. I think so. I think Sony's afraid that like the mix is going to be. I don't know. I don't. For some um, reason, I don't. I don't think it's afraid so much as they're currently, in terms of console sales, the market leader for this generation. They don't have to. Okay. Whereas I feel like Microsoft is very much, they are, um, you know, their console still selling very well, but it's not selling PS4 numbers. And so they're taking a very different strategy than PlayStation is for this generation. And part of that is uh, these moves that they're specifically trying to make to be very pro-consumer and pro-gamer to, to build that mindset with their audience. And part of that is look what we would enable you to do. Like, look, we want to build this thing where we can come together and we're doing this for, for the gamers. Right. And so they're, they're trying to build this additional feature or this additional benefit. But Sony doesn't have to because they've already got their audience, they've already got their sales, they're on top. They don't... Want it to bleed out into other... Well, like, like this, 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 this specific checkbox doesn't necessarily help Sony in any way because if... Well, it does, though. How does it? Well, if you still have people uh, that are undecided on what console they want to choose and they know that they want to play something like Minecraft or if... I mean, granted, parents are getting to the point where they're savvy enough. I think we need to maybe redefine the idea of what a parent is going to look at and when they're making these choosing these buying decisions for their children and if they say well uh, I know he's got a lot of friends who have Nintendo Switches I know Nin Minecraft's a big game right now I know that uh, if I get him an Xbox he'll or maybe he's already got a Switch or I don't know if they're shopping for a new console and they know that uh, this kind of information's out there and Sony is not playing with others but Xbox is they're like, well, they can play with their friends if I get them an Xbox, but if I get them a uh, PlayStation, they I can't. I think you may also, though, be overestimating how much research the parents are going to do into that. The, yeah. the majority hey, hey, of hey. parents. I'm a you, parent now. Come on. You're, you're if I can exception. do it, anybody can do it. You're the exception. You're, you're parent plus. Your day job parents is now, though, video games. And no, I know, but parents <laughs> nowadays are growing up with video games. That's a lot of the people that are parents now are playing video games or have played video games. That is games. true, but I don't know how much that... 
that specific factor is going to play into parents buying a console for their kids. I think a lot of the buying decisions for consoles come with what do I want and then also my That's family benefits. True. That's true and as well, yeah. The, it, when it comes time to choose a console, you're going to say, uh, where are my friends? Mm -hmm. If you want to, if you want to do multiplayer, which is what the the crossplay is for specifically, then you're going to say, where are my friends? I want to play with them. Now, Sony knows that statistically speaking, your friends probably have PlayStations, <laughs> because uh, you know, two two out of three friends are probably going to have PlayStations at this point, and so they say. Well, we could enable them to choose either or and play with the same group of people, or they're going to go with where they have more friends, which right now is probably PlayStation, and they're going to pick our console over Microsoft's. But Microsoft's version of this, I mean, it's, it's not an insubstantial thing that they're, they're making cross-play uh, cross between a console and PC a reality again. That's true. I mean, again, you know, we're obviously this company's heavily Microsoft-influenced. You say things like this, and a lot of people will just tune you out because they're going to say Microsoft fanboys. I'm pretty much platform ambivalent. If anything, I'm, I'm a PC leader. Um, just looking at it from the outside, I will say that that does seem like a smart move, though, because... Oh, everybody basically has a PC. Not all of them will be a gaming PC, but it's hard to find you know, a lot of households that don't have at least some kind of computer in them <laughs> these days. Uh, and being able to make those people have the option as things get slightly better technolo technologically uh, of playing with console people, that's gonna be huge. If they can make it stick, which they're not having a great success right. with. So my thought process is, yeah. is like PS4 I hear a lot is like, that's the platform for exclusives. You know, like Horizon Zero Dawn, the Uncharted series, et cetera. So if PS4 were to open up their ecosystem to other players, you know, that's just, I feel, more incentive for people that are playing on PS4 and with their friends saying, oh, yeah, I'm playing on PS4, I'm going to go play this other game, you know, and that kind of spreads the word on what PS4 has. Um, so I don't, I don't, I still don't understand why PS or why Sony wouldn't want to open that ecosystem up. Well, and there's one other element too, when you talk about crossplay specifically between something like Xbox and PC uh, that we haven't touched on yet, is that when you do have a slightly smaller uh, user base, there the other benefit to crossplay is that as the people who are continuing to play a specific multiplayer game, it tends to taper over mm -hmm. time as people move on to new games. And so the active user base in games grows smaller. It can be more difficult to find matches. By enabling cross-play and saying users on PC and on Xbox are all now in the same pool for multiplayer, so you'll have a, you're doubling the pool, mm -hmm. essentially. So you are creating uh, more usable, I think, long-term multiplayer game because the, the people are all together if they're active Taking all the small and can get in matches. Just push them together. Right? Exactly. So that is uh, that is a benefit. Again, that's a benefit that mostly helps if you have the smaller user base on one platform, you can put them together and now you've got a much larger user base. That's helpful. The downside, I think, to what Xbox is doing with their PC, Xbox, uh, cross-play and cross-buy is you get people like uh, Adam, who's not here today to talk about it, but He's said in the past he sees less reason now to get an Xbox because he has a PC. He'll just play the game there. And so it does, to some degree, remove incentive for people to buy a console mm -hmm. if you've got a PC. <laughs> I'll tell you, if, at least for cross-play specific titles. Uh, I'm sorry, not cross-play, but play anywhere titles. Uh, it doesn't necessarily remove the incentive because trying to 
deal with Microsoft Store is not great. There's still that barrier. It's real bad. What you have to go into to get that game downloaded and installed and updated. And I mean, the, the main thing I come down to when people come between PC and consoles is, do you want to mess with drivers, updating a card, like, all well, their store is not user friendly right. at all. It's atrocious, especially uh, it takes. I, I think I had to at one point look up how do I get to a game I already own. I had to completely reinstall the store once on my PC. Well, I remember. Oh, did it do that throw that error code yeah. where it just wouldn't launch? I, I yep. couldn't download anything. I've had that happen too. Anything, couldn't access any of the games that I purchased through it. It's I haven't tried it for. I haven't tried to do the the play anywhere. Just like switching between <laughs> platforms, really since Recore. Mm -hmm. But I remember at that time I had to go and manually find. It was the Creators update for Windows yeah. 10, mm -hmm. and and manually download it because it was gradually over the course of several months rolling out to the entire Windows 10 user base. If you didn't have it yet, you couldn't do the play anywhere stuff, and so I had to figure out why it wasn't working manually download it and then go get it working. So I, I agree, it's thing. not it's not easiest, it's not cleanest cut, but if you say, sure, Halo, let's just use that as an example, that's like the iconic Microsoft mm -hmm. franchise, would love to play Halo. Should I buy an Xbox? Oh look, I don't need to. It's so true. It, it does remove that incentive for a lot of people if you say, may as well just stick to my PC. It's true, yeah. But they're starting to move out of the idea of a console as uh, purely necessary as a gaming environment, but more of a convenience gaming device. Sure. It's still way easier to buy a console and throw it in your living room than it is to buy a home PC and, and manage it. Uh, it's just like a cable box. I mean, those things are way more convenient in a lot of ways if you just want to be lazy and just have something that'll work. I agree, although consoles are getting a lot less convenient. You between, think so? Well, between a, a lot of the... You do, there are a lot of things you don't have to deal with. You don't have to go and manually find the newest, best driver for your video card. It just says there's an update for this game, there's an update for the console. Got to download those. But the updates, the firmware updates for the consoles are coming much more frequently. So if it's been you know a week or two since you played a game on it, you turn it on, and as you have to do that before you can even get to your console, then you go into the game. There's game updates as well, so you've got to download all these different things. And with the size of updates now, it can be a pain. Because you, oh great, well I'll just sit here for the additional 13 gigs. I mean, a lot of that happens in the background, though. If you don't fully power down your console, you have it set up right. Yeah, you can bypass that. It'll that's just also do it when you're not around. That's a further thing, though. Someone's yeah. going to have to know to do. You know, like if it's a kid that's sitting down to play that yeah. might not know the UI of Xbox and know that to set that up, and if, if it's a parent that's sitting down for the first time, that's just opening it up. And you, also, and the dashboard you, on the Xbox blows right And now. even if you buy physical games, so that mm -hmm. theoretically you put it in and you play, <laughs> that's not the case anymore. That also has to install. So it is still more convenient than PC or a, a, bit, a bit easier, a bit less hands-on. But it's not the you put the disc in the box and you play the game anymore. It's not quite that simple. I will say, I wish consoles would finally get a, at least a console that would have a UI that was not terrible. Uh, Xbox has gone through, through some iterations where it was like, all right, this is okay. The current UI is not great. The yeah. Sony UI, at least they don't futz around with it much, but it's still not great. Uh, in terms of, it, there's so many things from one or the other. I don't know why they, it, honestly, the closest maybe to a semi-decent layout in some ways is probably Nintendo right now, but uh, the Switch, at least, you can have it set up so it's like, I turn it on, it's like, here's the things I want right now. Xbox, it's at the bottom of the page. 
PlayStation, it's like, well, here's just a list of shit. Online, uh, like with the next Xbox UI update, it's every time a new update drops and the people see it online, they've already mocked, like, this is how it could be better. Right. Just because it's it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the next one, it's I've seen five or six different iterations of what it could do to just be a better UI. I do have some sympathy with, uh, with console UI in that they're is so much more than just your games on consoles now that they have all these movies and all this TV and all this music and they're trying to surface all of these different things at once and it becomes really just not a great experience for any of those things. Well, that's the problem too, is I don't want my device to surface things to me. Like, I want to be able to control what is displayed to me initially so I can get to the things that I want to get to. I, you know, I understand. You want to sell me something. Uh, or you want to make me aware of a feature. Okay, but at the same time, that doesn't need to be 90% of my experience. Let me just right. get to the things I want to get to. Let me customize it at least a little. Well, if you want it to be like, like basic, straight up, here's your games, play the games, boy, do I have a console for you. Mm -hmm. It's the SNES Classic Edition. <laughs> it finally went up. Wait, you've got one for me? Uh-huh. No one has one for anyone unless No. It finally went up for pre-order in North America uh, earlier this week, just a couple days ago. And uh, it, it was a little bit weird. It went up on Amazon at, at like 12.30 a.m. Central, something very midnight-y with no, really no fanfare. And then it hit Best Buy at like 4.30 a.m. I might be swapping those in my head, but like regardless, those ones went up in the middle All of the night. Place. Then. Uh, and they both immediately sold out, of course. I woke up to a bunch of tweets asking me, hey, did you get yours? And I was just so angry that I had no idea they were coming. I mean, I should have. I've had a browser open on my computer with just like a Best Buy pre-order page for weeks now. But later in the day, it, uh, it hit Best Buy, it hit Walmart, it hit GameStop. Uh, I was there, like I was in the trenches. I was on the the ground floor. I within minutes, so not even minutes. Eddie went out within, looking for them, right? Yeah, uh, within a minute of it hitting Best Buy and Walmart, I managed to get it in my cart and get to the checkout. But by the time, you know, like even if I had yeah. my, my all my information <laughs> saved, yeah, this is this is us searching. We we actually ended up having to try to go out and physically find one, because. The uh, Best Buy and Walmart, within a minute, they were oh, completely God. gone. And so even if you got one in your cart, got to the checkout process, didn't mean you got it. Uh, most of us didn't. And so then GameStop was going to go up. And GameStop's website completely fell over, fell on its face. And so the advice was, go to a GameStop. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I kidnapped one of the no writers, Eddie, because uh, both Caden and Brian did manage to get those one bastards. from either Target uh, <laughs> or Walmart. So yeah, tar went tar Target, Walmart, Best Buy. Yes, they got they got Target and Walmart, I believe, when those ones went up. So the they got theirs. We didn't. We went. We decided to go out to a GameStop. It's I've never seen anything like this. It's like there was a rush on the store. Imagine the apocalypse and everyone is running for weapons because that's what it felt like. Every time we got to a GameStop, even as we pulled in and looked for a parking spot, you could see people like running across the parking lot oh into the gosh. GameStop. Oh my Black Friday it's And right. we walked to the door and they just said sold out. <laughs> we went to another one. And uh, we got to a point where it had been maybe a half hour since GameStop's website fell over and 
the next GameStop we went to actually already had a sign up on the door saying we're sold out of them. Mm. They had had time to run out, make a sign, print it, and tape it to the door. Oh, so they nice. didn't just handwrite it. They got some fancy stuff. Yeah, they kink code that thing. They did. Nice. So and this, this is like, just pre-orders, right? Like because this, this isn't launched until the 29th, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes. So it comes out next month, um, and it was just absolutely mental. I did finally manage to get one because GameStop's app came back up before their website did. And so over several hours of just refreshing and refreshing and refreshing, I did manage to get one from GameStop. Mm -hmm. There were a few God. people in broadcast that were scrambling for them. Um, and I was kind of keeping an eye on Twitter just because I kind of wanted to get one. Just yeah. So I could be like, I got one. I have did a casual interest. Like, I want one. But not like a, I'm going to scramble my life to do the, it. Well, the, the crazy thing about this is that when the NES Classic came out, it was very difficult to find. But I don't remember the pre-orders being this level of manic. Do you think Nintendo Classic pre-orders caused this? I think they did. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that people who missed out on the NES, there's that FOMO of like, I don't want this to happen again. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss out again because I didn't hustle. So people are hustling. Uh, there's also the unfortunate fact that a bunch of bots are buying up all of the units there are already hundreds of eBay listings of people who bought them and, and flipped them. And that's a dick move. That's a dick move. It's one thing if there's a bunch of stuff sitting on a shelf and you can redistribute it and be, you know, the Robin Hood or whatever of video games. But if people are trying to find it and you buy one specifically to sell to like double the price and flip it. Oh, and they're listing it for a lot more than 20 bucks markup. Yeah, it's like right. 250. Um, yeah, so there's tons of eBay listings for that already. The crazy thing about this, too, is that theoretically there are a lot more. So we don't know worldwide manufacturing numbers, but in France, at least, they, the day one numbers for the SNES Classic are double the lifetime NES Classic numbers. Hmm. Does, does that make sense? Yes. So that's just one country we don't know worldwide numbers, but if that's an indication of the quantity they're manufacturing, this is pretty nuts. People are doing some crazy things to get their hands on, too. Like, I know people, I found some website that you can post the URL and just hover your mouse over a portion of the screen, and it'll just keep clicking that button until, like, I think it was for Target on their webpage. And you just hold the mouse over, and it would click until a pre-order became available. And if you could, it would add it to your cart. But people well, which wouldn't help this. you, though. You'd have to actually finish the transaction. Right. For it to you kind of just have to well, there, was, there were some issues with, uh, with Target where throughout the day, it apparently kept... I don't know if it was restocking yeah. or uh, more likely some transactions ended up like getting declined or bouncing and so it rejects them and puts them back in the system. So every now and again there'd be just that one unit and someone gets one, puts it out on Twitter and then everyone freaks out all over again that they were restocked. Uh -huh. And so it, there was just this crazy piranha frenzy of trying to get SNES Classics that entire day. Hmm. I can tell you my productivity levels were not that high. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm, I'm very curious to see what the overall numbers end up being because based on this, it's, it's absolutely mental. I, I don't know that I want to necessarily credit this as like an artificial shortage because Nintendo has been accused of doing that in the past or if it's just that people are so terrified of missing out on this one that it's created this huge wave of over-demand. I mean, if we know anything about Nintendo, it's that they don't have a, a strong manufacturing base. They just don't make things in numbers. 
That's always been an issue with Nintendo. They They've don't make a lot of They've been doing this for things. a while now. Yeah. You'd think they'd have it sorted out. I mean, I don't know what, you know, that's it's it's a weird thing whenever you go to get something manufactured. And that's a whole lot of retooling that has to be done. It's it's a complicated process to get a manufacturing line set up for a thing. It's also they Especially if you plan on running it in smaller batches. It's also they don't really need to. I mean, they should, absolutely, but... I mean, they're they're selling their product. Well, yeah, but, but they could be you want to sell more. more. Could be. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's the the expense on making something, it, on manufacturing something. There's a large expense up front uh, to get it all set up, and then you just run it, and it just mm -hmm. eventually you defray that cost over all the units. So, I don't know if they've got kind of a, uh, a way to make these that they've they've really lowered their costs or what. But the more units you sell, typically the less the cost of manufacture impacts your your revenue. So it's very strange that they are are capping these so hard when there's still such a demand for them. Well, the Nintendo Classic was so limited in like its both supply and like for how long it was available. Yeah, they discontinued it in what, March? Yeah. Uh, with the SNES Classic, another part of the, the frenzy probably is that they haven't said that they'll even continue to manufacture it after the end of this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't so, know the reason, but. Yeah, that's if you if you compress all that demand into three months, and you're like, if you don't get it by this point, you may not get one. Uh, that's another big concern. You don't want it abandoned. You know what else has been abandoned? Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh. Mm. Because so Bioware has posted on their website they will not be doing any further patches or or DLC for Mass Effect Andromeda. Specifically, this is from their website. They say, we will continue to tell stories in the Andromeda galaxy through our upcoming comics and novels, including the fate of the Quarian Ark, which everyone expected widely to be their story DLC. Mm -hmm. Our last update, 1.10, was the final update for Mass Effect Andromeda. There are no planned future patches for single player or in-game story content. In the coming weeks, our multiplayer team will provide details of their ongoing support and upcoming content, including new multiplayer missions, character kits, and what's in store for in seven day. So, five months after the launch of the game. It's reached its final form. It is, yeah, EA is no longer putting resources into it. This isn't a huge surprise. I think when uh, when they merged their Montreal studio into Motive, it was pretty clear that they weren't going to be doing much with it, but this makes it official, no longer speculation, that they are abandoning it. And it's a bit of a surprise because it is five months in. And we were discussing this a little bit in our news about it. Do you remember, it was, I think, back in December, mm -hmm. EA said in an investor call that they would be willing to delay Mass Effect Andromeda by five months if they mm -hmm. thought the game needed it, but it didn't. Hmm. And so they, they held their March release date. And now here we are five months later. The game is, to give it credit, they've, they've patched, they've fixed a lot of the issues, they had their shader updates so faces mm -hmm. don't look so freezy and weird and uh -huh. stark and fake. And uh, so they have fixed a lot of the things that basically turned the game into one big meme fest. And if this was the game that launched, I think it'd be a very different story. If they had delayed it the five months and put the effort they've spent on patches into just getting it ready yeah. to launch at this state, I think it'd have had a very different reception. I don't know. I, so I, I haven't played far into the game, so I, I, I can't speak much to its story. But I, I, I do kind of wonder if that had as much of an impact on where the game lies now as, as we think. I mean, it's a good scapegoat to say, like, oh, the faces were all over the place or, you know, the... It's not as pretty as it could have been, things like that. The animations were, were not great. But 
at the end of the day, if you still tell a really good story, that brings people back to it after a lot of that, they start hearing it's fixed. Yeah. So it, was there a problem there? Was it not well told? Was it not worth telling? Uh, so the story wasn't bad. It was, okay. the story was fine. It's difficult to follow on as strong of a saving the universe story mm -hmm. as the original Mass Effect trilogy was. Like, where do you go stakes-wise? And this is, it's a, this is a very different tone. It's a very different approach. They got a whole bunch of their Dragon Age in your Mass Effect. Uh -huh. They, it's, you set off and it's not about saving the universe, it's about establishing a new home base for humanity and, and building new lives. So it is, it's different in tone as well, and, but also in approach. It feels, I don't know, it feels kind of weird with like the team that developed it and, because it feels like maybe they were just really focused on Anthem. Uh-huh. And maybe Mass well, Effect. Well, Edmonton was very focused. They put their A team on Anthem. Yeah. And so, I don't know, with Mass Effect as such a huge franchise, I feel like maybe it should have had someone looking at it a little bit more. So, do you, was it just, I mean, again, if we discount things like animation, uh, graphics, uh, was it just not enjoyable to play? It was, it was actually not bad to play. I didn't okay. mind the gameplay. I found that to be fine. Uh, there were technical issues and bugs uh, and that. Uh, some did, of which were pretty game-breaking. Some of which were pretty game-breaking. Grain-baking. Grain-baking. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I did have issues where I ended up having to revert a save mm -hmm. by, um, you know, by several hours. Yeah. Uh, like, to get to a point where that wouldn't have been affected, to, like, mm -hmm. go back and do it again. And that's always very, very frustrating. Uh, but from uh, like the the worlds were really quite lovely uh -huh. uh, and varied. The terrain was all very different. Uh, the the gameplay felt pretty good. The story was it's an interesting story, but some of the dialogue felt you know a, a little bit ham-fisted, uh -huh. which is you know not to say that it wasn't always in Mass Effect. There are like Mass Effect wasn't necessarily the most subtle. Yeah, anyway, it's not Shakespeare. Yeah, right. But it uh, it was so it was okay. It wasn't told in an amazing and engaging way necessarily, which I think hurt it. But it, when you know what it comes down to is, the flaws were glaring enough, and came up early enough in the game that this was everyone's first impression of it, and you don't really get a, ch a second chance for that first impression. Yeah, that's true. And if it doesn't, <clears throat> be saying that the gameplay and the story were okay is not enough to, to counterbalance a lot of other problems. If it right. was amazing gameplay, an amazing story, then I'll, I think people will be a lot more willing to forgive. It's just sometimes in this discussion of the game, it's gotten really sidetracked with this idea of like, well, it's just got this, this stuff up front that's really gross, but. I'm hearing a lot of like, it's fun, it's a good game, but yeah. it's not like the Mass Effect AAA yeah. most people were expecting. Yeah, so uh, it's unfortunate. It's yeah. especially unfortunate because this is coming on the heels of uh, No Man's Sky. They hit their one-year anniversary. They've put out several updates. They've added a bunch to the game, and they are actually turning player perception around. Yeah. Uh, by by sticking with it and improving the game and you know continually working on it, and they're they're an indie studio, and so it's. You know, it's a, a bit of a bummer to see that story contrasted so starkly against uh, Bioware and EA abandoning Mass Effect Andromeda five months in and just giving it a skip. I mean, for a smaller studio, though, they maybe don't have another IP immediately right. to jump a team to where they can... It's probably harder to look at their, their you know, income and go, well, we can 
this team could be doing this or doing that. Like, where where's the best the money best spent? With EA, they've got other things that it's like, all right, well, that's not working. Put and it they've already there. dissolved the studio that worked on Andromeda yeah. into pretty much Anthem. I mean, so. it, as a business level, it makes sense. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, that's a bit of a bummer, but uh, there are games that are out that are new, that are fun, um, that are uh, very polished experiences uh, that you can play instead, like Uncharted The Lost Legacy. You know how we know it's time for Uncharted? How? Movement Watches. Hey. It's also a sponsor of this episode of Glitch Please. Um, you guys know Movement. Uh, they reinvented the watch business by selling directly to you with over a million watches sold to date. Well, they did it again with sunglasses. I actually took these sunglasses on vacation with me recently. I really legit love them. They're great. Uh, they were tired of having to pay for cheaply made throwaway shades or overpriced designer sunglasses. So they said, screw it, we'll make our own, starting at just $70. They have a ton of great options to choose from and finding the perfect pair is risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Movement sunglasses start at $70 with the option to upgrade to polarized if you want that. Uh, so those overpriced designer brands are gonna run you upwards of $200 for equivalent sunglasses. Movement figured out that by selling online, they can cut out the middleman and provide you with the best possible price. Their frames are high quality, premium acetate. There's no cheap plastic. They're, they really are like nice and smooth. And it's weird to say plastic feels soft, but it, it, it does. It feels like really nice. Uh, they have a lot of different styles to choose from as well. If you want like a classic or trendy or round or aviator, you got, like, you got his or you got hers. So there's all kinds of different uh, types so you can Find the perfect pair. Now you can also get 15% off today with free shipping, free returns by going to movement.com slash glitch. That's mvmt.com slash glitch. You know Movement for how they revolutionized the watch industry. Now's the time to check out the sunglasses. So go to mvmt.com slash glitch and join the movement. I got my minor like brown like tortoiseshell frames with blue lenses. They're pretty sweet. Nice. I feel really cool. Can you get some new sunglasses? Yeah. I like having like a just a pair that's in my bag I can throw on anytime. Mm -hmm. It's nice. It's nice. I mean, I do have the luxury of having a bag. Meryl had a pair earlier. I kind of really want some. Now. Yeah, she <laughs> um, she was wearing some on, on Always Open that were uh, like black on black. Yeah, and they look really cool. Nice. She said they made her feel very vampy. 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 Goth vampire. Okay, gotcha. You know, I imagine that they probably could have used some sunglasses in Uncharted: The Lost Legacy because they're doing adventuring all over the place and they want to shade their eyes. But you know, already threw it to this though. I did. <laughs> I did. In all, in all honesty, though, uh, so Uncharted: The Lost Legacy came out earlier this week. This is um, it started out as DLC, went to a standalone game. Uh, it's a follow-on from Uncharted 4. Uh, this is now starring new characters. So this is the first uh, Uncharted game where uh, Nathan Drake is not the main character. In fact, he's not in it at all. Completely uh, benched. Completely blunt. Hey, Com he, he had his closure. He's out. He did indeed. Uh, so this is with uh, Chloe Fazer and N Nadine Ross, who were both made appearances in earlier Uncharted games, uh, and now they're off on their own adventure. Um, is actually, I thought, like I had a, a really lovely time playing this. It's uh, not a, you know, it's not a full scale game, and it's not sold at that price. It's. Uh, it's still sold at a not small price. That's true. It's about ten hours. Okay. It's thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, so it's, uh, you know, you're not paying the, paying the full 60, but it's also not DLC priced at, you know, about 20 or so. Yeah. It's, uh, it is treated as an independent game, but uh, in the story, you're basically off looking for this tusk, and they do, uh, 
Now you've played, how, how far into the game have you played? Uh, I played, we did Let's Watch in it, that was about an hour, and then I played another hour or so uh, since then. So I've made it to the area on the map, and I've done, I've cleared like the top half of the coin puzzles. Okay, yeah, so the, the, the way the game is sort of formatted uh, is you go through the early, like the, the opener that serves as a tutorial as well, mm -hmm. uh, and you, you meet up uh, with Nadine, and then you set off to find this tusk and you drive your Jeep into this lovely open area where you can then go around and there's a bunch of temples that you can choose to explore or totally give the skip uh, and get collectibles mm -hmm. and have a bit of fun with that open world. A little and bit of all... fighting. There's some little, little, little bit of fighting. Token bad guys hanging out in the area looking for stuff. Seems very much like an Uncharted game. Very, very yep. Uncharted. It's funny, I feel like kind of unethical and weird and bad that I'm a treasure hunter, but also my body count's really high. Uh, that's that's the story typically of the Uncharted series, right? Is that? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look at Indiana Jones. Dude was killing people all the time. Yeah, it's you, like you just gloss over that and forget about it. But as I'm shooting guys, I'm like. I'm just after some stupid treasure. Thank you, didn't like the They're treasure guys, license. Though. It's like license to kill as well. It is. Yeah. It's because it's only it's only other bad. It's like they're they're noble people who are gonna do good things with it, and then bad guys. Treasure hunter allowed to kill other treasure hunters. No, in, in this case, everyone's sort of a mercenaries, right? So it's not like she's trying to get it back to a museum. So it's just like, all right. Yeah, and uh, it's. But they are bad guys. They're they all bad guys. guys. Don't it's worry just, about it. They might as well be Nazis. It, it could just be this bonding experience, right? You're in this area that hasn't been seen by human eyes for centuries, and now here you are. Oh, and also a couple hundred dudes. I mean, uh, and you're gonna kill every single one of them. Look, it was an area where people were probably doing a lot of killing anyway. That's just honoring the history of this it's place. It's true. You always do find a lot of skulls in ruins. Yeah, it's not like it's a place where it's like, oh, they used to have birthday parties here. It's like this is where they used to sacrifice people. Now, I, I will say I, I played the game primarily on PS4 Pro, and it looks. I was curious. It looks. Stunning. It does not run great on PS4. The loading time, I played a little bit on PS4, and I found the loading time was significant. Uh, the initial startup time, Which although- there's not a lot of loading in the game. So no, it's like, it's like when you first start up the game and then you're fine. Yeah. But it was pretty long on PS4, didn't notice it on PS4 Pro. I don't know if it was just my PlayStation or not, but it did feel, no, and again, our PlayStations get hard use, so maybe, and I, I don't, Delete things until I have to. Could be that there's a hard drive. Your PS4 is just so tired right now from dealing with It's so tired. Everything. Oh, just the life has become too much for it. Uh, it's got the, the vapors. Um, but it was uh, running around in the open areas. It was just a little choppy. It was definitely not running at 60 or even 30, I think. Okay. I had zero f frame rate drops that I, that I noticed. That's good to hear. Anyway. The Pro can hold it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Are you running at 4K? Uh, not sure. Um, I mean, it was on a 4K TV. So possibly you didn't change I the didn't, setting. I didn't go into any specific settings. I just okay. loaded it up and started playing, and it okay. looked it looked good enough that I didn't mess with it. Right. I was just busy enjoying my experience hunting for treasures. How how long did it take? Because you beat the game, right? Yes, I did. Uh, I'd say it was 10-ish hours. Okay. Uh, I am completionist or. Uh, I did not a completionist. I didn't. Uh, there are a bunch of things I didn't do. There are collectibles I didn't go find in that open area. There is one of the things you can do to make the game a bit easier on yourself. Is there are these eleven different coins you can collect, mm -hmm. 
and once you collect them, you take them to this other spot, again, in the open area, and it will give you this, uh, this queen's ruby. And that will then chime whenever you get near a treasure. Oh. So okay. basically from the point I got that onward, I got, there are one or two of the treasures that I was like, all right, no, going to go figure out how to get to this, and then got to, to a point and couldn't get back. Uh, you mean story-wise, or just like you couldn't get where you're trying to go? Um, well, it's like like a, some of the levels would advance to a point where you don't you can't regress. Okay. Like you get to a point mm. and there's a muddy slope and you can't run up it. Gotcha. And so you just can't get back. And mm -hmm. so I'd been trying to go forward and then see if there was like another way to get back around mm -hmm. to it or work work around. And uh, that's not always the case. So I did miss a couple that way. But for the most part, uh, the ones that I ended up missing are once I got that Queen's Ruby, you just need to canvas that entire mm -hmm. open area. And the, the open area is significant. It's pretty big. It's not, uh, it's, it's not it's tiny, not, but it's, it's not it's big, large. It's big to canvas, but no, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, at, yeah. it's not like Skyrim no. scale yeah. right. or anything. Mm. But when you're driving around just hoping for a chime that's going to happen when you're, you know, 20 feet away from something, it feels big. So I, I, I started doing that and then said, nah, and moved on with the story. So I haven't completed it, haven't platinumed it, anything okay. like that. But it is uh, a lot of fun to find the collectibles because you just get additional puzzles. I hear there's a lot of really cool, like, small attention to detail things. Uh, like, as she, like, walks around the map, like, she has that actual treasure map she's using. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, that's the actual rendered map. Like, every time you zoom into it, like every is like that's what she's also holding whenever she's walking around the world, um, so you'll see small things where like she's marking things off on the map and whatnot. And like you know, it might be a third-person view from the back, uh, and you can actually see like what she's doing on the map and then later zoom into it. But. It is a very nice touch. I like uh, what this game does with those little details where she does when she says like I'll update the map. She takes out a map, she and does. a pencil, and she like she updates she it. It becomes a little annoying when you're in the middle of like all right, ah, I got the coin. Fuck, all right, I'm just going to wait a minute for her to finish <laughs> writing on the map before we go on about our business. Yeah, I can see that, but also just that it enables the, the sort of UI-free approach mm. that the game takes so you can focus on the stunning vistas because it really is beautiful. It's very pretty. I will say the UI light thing kind of was, was uh, a problem, but it's because we're bad is, is how I'll phrase this. Uh, you know, whenever uh, we do a Let's Watch and something, we never shut up. So we got to the map area and just talked over everything going on. Uh, so when I go back to try and, you know, play some more to figure out what I'm supposed to do, I have no idea. Well, <laughs> I open the map and there's a black tower on it, and I went to the tower and nothing happens. So I just started driving around, and that's when I eventually found the, the coin thing. Uh, so at least I started going about, tooling about and getting coins. Uh, but yes, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, so the uh, the nice thing about that is the game will try to help you out if it figures it's been a while since you've done anything remotely productive. Uh, it does have optional hints. It's got Nadine who will be like, you know, that's great and all, but we should really go check out those big buildings over there. That, he did do that to me a couple it'll, times. It'll also... Uh, after a while, if you want to, purely optional, if you don't enable it, then it just stays off. But it's like, hit up on the D-pad for a little hint, and then, oh, it'll, then it'll give you a waypoint and be yeah. like, go here. 
again, it's this is entirely me being dumb and just you know I was I sat back down to play it and started futzing around. The other thing I never found and I think may not exist. Correct, definitely tell me because I want to know. There's not a sprint button, is there? Not that I found. I don't think so. You just can't run, which becomes a little frustrating when you're doing a lot of traversing open areas. Now they give you a jeep to drive around the map, and that's and how and you also, spend most of your time getting from A to B is in a vehicle. And we'll if you get too far away from the vehicle, yeah. uh, Nadine, if she stayed with yeah. it, will drive it to you. Which, uh, when I loaded back into the game, I was at the tower, that's where we left our Let's Watch, and then the Jeep was nowhere to be found, nor was Nadine. So I had to sprint, I just, well, not sprint, because you can't, I had to just slightly low frame rate jog around until I found, when I found the area up north that unlocks all of the coin quest, then Nadine showed up with the Jeep. So okay. you can wander off at a bad time and, and lose your vehicle and your partner. Uh, one of the but things, she'll show up if you do something. Right. Just be productive. There's not a whistle. Come back you can't be like, hey, what, uh, Jeep, come Jeep. <laughs> come Jeep. Come here. Here Jeep. Here Jeep. Come on. It's good Jeep. The, uh, it's not a Tesla. It won't drive itself. <laughs> there is another nice little touch that you, um, if you were talking over, it probably would have missed. But uh, so throughout the, their you know, adventures through this open area, they, uh, Nadine and Chloe have these conversations, like mm -hmm. these sort of get to know you because this is their first time working together. And uh, you can hop out of the Jeep at any time. And so they'll having, be having a conversation and, <laughs> and she'll be like, hold that thought. You get out. Yeah. You go do whatever get back in the Jeep, start driving around again, and she'll be like, all right, where were we? And they actually pick the conversation back up again, which is pretty cool. They do. Uh, Nadine will start sassing you, though. If you, I will tell you this, having just gone to get coins, she's like, all right, that's cool and all. <coughs> can you get back anything? in the car and can we go somewhere important? You know, like, what you're doing doesn't matter to me, is what I'm saying. Now, did you play any of the other Uncharted games? I've watched, I've been in a Let's Watch 4 4, where we didn't see the whole thing. I did appreciate that they... They, I, I know it was in no way a nod to us, but one of my biggest complaints about four was the uh, constant anachronisms of the these these crates that are have, have like modern Place casters and shit on them. It's like that bothered the hell out of me, and so I complained nonstop about it. And uh, in this one, they do show up again at the beginning, and you push one through a, a roof at one point, and she's like, "Well, I guess we're done with those from now on." <laughs> so maybe it was not just me that felt like those were wildly out of place for puzzle solving in four but uh so i've watched four in this is is very similar gameplay to everything i saw in four the puzzles for the coins were a little all over the map like one of them was like a, wow this is a puzzle you have to like figure out a, a spinning thing and move pieces here and there and then, and then another one was like there's a there's a gray wall and you, you blow it up with a grenade yeah they do vary the yeah. puzzles vary but i i like there are ones where i there, you have to navigate a series like a platform puzzle. There's a bunch of platforms in a grid, and you got giant statues swinging axes at certain intervals, and you have to, uh, you know, hop frog your Time way it, across. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know quite a lot of fun. You have the ones where you're doing spinning puzzles. You have there's a couple of different puzzle types. Yeah. Most of them are repeated more than once. Mm -hmm. So you come and you're like, ah, I know this one, and then you get to feel super smart, like, <laughs> like I'm like of course I've got this. I'm a pro, I'm a treasure hunter. <laughs> uh, but they do repeat a little bit, so if you're yeah. hoping for a different puzzles every time, not gonna happen. Now, you played some of the earlier Uncharted. I played one all the way through, I played a little bit of two. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have a PS4 until 
about a year ago. And since then, there's been a lot of other games I've been trying to jump into. So like going back to it, I've, I've wanted to go back and play through all the Uncharted games. Mm -hmm. um, but looking at this, I mean, I would, I don't know if I'd want to pay 40 bucks for it, uh, just from what I've seen so far. But if it were on sale, I'd probably pick it up and spend a week in playing it. Yeah, so maybe the kind of thing to like wait for a bit of a drop. Yeah, I would probably, just from what I've seen, I would probably wait until I see it on sale. But I'd totally pick it up and just like spend eight hours on a weekend just playing through it. Now you're you'd be familiar with these characters because they are from you know they've popped up in earlier Uncharted games, but you're familiar with them in a different different context. So uh, in earlier in the Uncharted series, you know, Chloe is the love interest for for Nathan, and uh, Nadine is kind of an antagonist when she's you know running this mercenary group. So you, I, I definitely know her from four. <laughs> so your ass out a window. So when does this take place? Is this, this takes place after four? After four, okay. Uh, yeah, so, and they actually make a, as they're getting to know each other, there is some callback, so if you're not really expected, if you go into this, never having played an Uncharted game, you'll be fine. Okay, cool. Um, but there are some uh, callbacks in there that will add to it if you are familiar with them, like, uh, you know, Edie, by the way, not a fan of the Drakes, surprise. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, there's a little bit of conversation there, and, and Chloe is like, yeah, so... But I can still jump you know, into Nathan, it and know what's going on. Not in the oh, picture. Yeah. Or not care. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's not like, uh, at least from the, the story-heavy part at the beginning, it's like I not knowing who any of these people were was totally fine. Okay. Uh, you know, at a, at a surface level, I think that if Uncharted wants to do more of this and move beyond the Nathan Drake story, now that that's totally wrapped up, they want to you know try new characters and explore the world and everything, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Actually, I really like... Uh, Chloe, I thought she was really wonderful. Nadine was wonderful, uh, just as what felt like complex characters who yep. don't say everything about them. They have backstories that they allude to, but mm -hmm. they have their own secrets, and you get that sense, and I really like it. Uh, it is a little bit weird at some points when you're, you're adventuring around, raiding tombs, and being like, look, it's Guy Tomb Raider, except it's Girl Guy Tomb Raider again. It kind of brings it full circle, doesn't it? It does bring it full huh. circle a little bit. Uh, so, depending on like how they swing it and what characters they explore and where they want to go with it, it could be a little bit tougher sell to really fully distinguish it uh -huh. um, now that they don't have Nathan Drake as a centerpiece. I mean, now that you mentioned it, from behind, Chloe could be Lara Croft. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, you know, mm. there. it feels... But she doesn't have a bow and arrow, so we're good. Yeah, totally different. Um, but like it's an experience I'm I'm glad that I had. I agree that if you know forty dollars could be a, a big, well, big ask the for one thing, the time you get out of it. The one yeah. thing that may hedge the time expenditure bet on that is you do get access to basically the Uncharted Four multiplayer. So oh, okay. that's all in there. Um, well, yeah, I mean if you're were a fan of the Uncharted series, you probably would already have that. Um, and uh, it's it's a fun multiplayer, so okay. you could easily spend some more hours in that uh, if you don't already have it. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, the game is very pretty. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say with authority that it's not my PS4 that's making it run a little choppy, um, which is sad because when you're looking around, it's like these beautiful vistas. You don't want it to go... You don't want to do the robot? Yeah, it's just a little... It's. It's a, it's a little distracting. Um, it can, it but can that break could the immersion. It does break the immersion a little bit. But it's fun. It's been fun to play so far. The the gunplay element of it's not as good. Okay. Uh, but 
if it comes with a multiplayer, I could see the forty dollar price tag being a little more understandable. It's not. It's not a multiplayer that you wouldn't have already had though if you already owned anything right. before. Okay. Um, there's nothing, as far as I'm aware, that's special to this one. The, the multiplayer in this version. It's like several. Well, it started as DLC, so it's, right. it's very similar to Halo. It adds more to it though for someone that just yeah. picks it up as like a yes. PlayStation Marketplace game. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, yeah. For for me. I'm like I don't go into Uncharted looking for multiplayer necessarily, so I doubt I'll touch it. Yeah. But the single player was really great, um, and Uncharted has been uh, like it's coming up a lot more in Hollywood as well because they're doing an Uncharted movie. Uh -huh. um, this one is the movie they're doing is uh, they're doing a young Nathan Drake. Um, they've cast Tom Holland, Spider-Man, mm -hmm. as Nathan Drake, which is very polarizing for a lot of people who are. You know, like, why don't you just have an adult Nathan Drake? The Nathan Drake that we know and love and have been playing for several years because that's, you know, that's... what we sign on for. Uh, so why don't we put together a better Uncharted movie? I'm gonna okay, so we're going to uh, now we're going to go okay. through some of the major characters. Uh, Ryan, I will read you summaries of okay. sort of like what the characters are and like how they fit into this mm -hmm. world. Uh, and then we can, uh, we'll look at some pictures of them. I, I will say, uh, to speak to your previous point though, before we get into this too okay. far. Uh, the one good thing I can say about this idea of doing an early Nathan Drake versus a retelling of the stuff that we already have is they always mess up retelling the stuff we always have. Sure. At least mm. this will be a story about Nathan Drake that hasn't been told and hopefully can fit canonically without ruining everything. Now, with what I like the idea of is because, you know, Nathan Drake is a treasure hunter and it's, you know, it's very Indiana Jones, very Tomb Raider. There's a lot of, like, adventuring to be had uh, with this type of movie, you know, regardless of it being a game tie-in. I don't think it needs to necessarily, like, retell specifically Uncharted or Uncharted mm -hmm. 2 or Uncharted 3 or, or so on. It could be... This is just a you know a different adventure that Nathan's having. Mm -hmm. So, with that in mind, we'll put it together. We won't specifically try to recreate any one cast necessarily. We'll look at some of the major series characters, um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and throw Nadine in as the antagonist. Sure. Uh, okay. You know, okay. she 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 ran a mercenary company. She's a great antagonist to have, right? Um, and also, we're now more familiar with her thanks to the Lost Legacy. So let's make her the antagonist. Okay. Uh, and we have Nathan Drake, okay. main character, um, Elena Fisher, who okay. shows sh shows up throughout. Uh -huh. um, let's throw Chloe in there again. Lost Legacy, sure. thematic. Let's get her in there. They have a little, you know, love triangle. Which one is he gonna go for? Mm -hmm. um, we can't have Uncharted without Sully. Of course. Okay. Um, yeah. And also Sam Drake. Yep. His, okay. his brother who is dead, not dead. I know all these characters. Oh, so I'm good right. with that. Uh, so these are the characters that, that we'll look at. Um, Nathan Drake, protagonist of the Uncharted right. series. You may have heard of him. Um, he's voiced in the games by Nolan North. Uh, and uh, as a result, Nolan North also had a significant influence on the, the character and the character's uh, personality. Um, he thinks out loud. He's, he's snarky. He's funny. He has commentary. He has thoughts. He's a very, you know, like... Like, like, funny, yeah. but also, you know, charismatic, leading dude, sense of adventure. Right. Now, okay. uh, so it, the other rule I think we should have is that we're not going to just cast the voice actors. 
Of course. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, that I feel like that's taking the easy but way out. Even though Also, Nolan North is not a young Nathan Drake. That's true. At this point. That's true. But uh, but Emily Rose, who voices um, Elena, mm -hmm. would really be a shoe-in as far as uh -huh. casting for a movie. But we're going to say we're not, okay. we're not going that route. Um, now, there are a bunch of options that we can throw around here. So if we look at a picture of Nathan Drake... He, you know, he's got the he's got the square jaw. He's got the, you know, the the shortish hair. He's a little bit, little bit scruffy. Um, looks good, dirty. Is that chiseled, sarcastic? Chiseled, yeah, sarcastic. But this is young, young Nathan Drake. Well, we're not we're not doing young Nathan Drake. Oh, we're doing modern. we're doing we're doing a, like a full on adult Nathan Drake. Okay. Uh, now, uh, Chris Pratt has come up again. Uh, yeah. He is, yeah. you know, he has apparently turned down this role uh, in really? the past. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, which is fine because he's Indiana Jones. So he's, he can have his different Team Ready movie. So here we have Nathan Drake. Wait, Chris Pratt's Indiana Jones? I think I heard that somewhere. I think there might have been talks about it. it might have, but, yeah, maybe, maybe it talks. I don't But I mean, Chris no. Pratt's Jurassic World. Chris he is Pratt, a Jurassic World. He he's would, basically Indiana Jones very with dinosaurs. Similar. Right. I could definitely see that Chris Pratt as a good Nathan Drake. Yes, yeah. but um, you know, and if, if he's yeah. not interested because he's uh, turning it down, that's fine. But he looks the part. He's funny. He's got the snark going on. You know, yeah. he was a he was a adventurer in Guardians of the Galaxy and did a great job. He may just know better than the end of video his game crew. Movie at this point. Well, maybe. In his maybe. career. Now um, there have been a bunch of other names thrown around as, as well that could be potentials. There's uh, everyone loves to throw around uh, Nathan Fillion. Of course. Although I he think, doesn't have the body type anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that he may have like, if this movie had been a couple years ago, then absolutely. But not to um, say he's got a bad body type, but he doesn't like. He's not as live as he once was. Firefly sure. or yeah. like Firefly sing along blog Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Fillion like, yes. was, was absolutely. Very close. I, I I agree, but I think that you know he's doing well. Is Castle still? Right? Castle's, over. Castle's over. Castle's he over. He shows okay. up occasionally in Modern Family now, and he's all oh, over really? the place. He hmm. does you know he's de in Destiny too as a voice actor. Um, but yeah, we as much as I love Nathan Fillion and I think like his personality and character type would be great for this role We'll Absolutely. set him aside. Yeah, sorry Nathan, um, you can do it. I would, I would we ha we have other contenders. Yeah, we have other contenders. Okay. Uh, Gerard Butler. Ooh hmm. Now we know that he can absolutely be fit as hell. He is <laughs> not, <laughs> not right here. Not right here, well, uh, but we uh, he, no. he was 300. He was in 300 and he was quite cut in that. So we know that he can get there um, if he has to. Or wants to. Or yeah. wants to. Oh, yeah. He's a little older at this point. But he looks, I mean, he looks, in that picture, looks yeah. he, he really does look the part. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. Um, it, like in that photo in particular. Oh yeah. Oh. So maybe maybe beach photo. What's up? That's hey. not Nate, that's not Gerard Butler, is it? That's yeah, that's him. Is it? I like the idea of Gerard Butler because I think he is a good actor. He's done drama. He's done comedy. You know, he's been in a bunch of romantic comedies that were uh -huh. maybe questionable choices as projects to take. But you know what? He make got to make that money. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another option. Another option would be Jeremy Renner. Hmm. So we're talking. He's a Hawkeye. In, in Marvel, yeah, that's he's a good born legacy. Well, what I'm, I'm starting to get from this is there's a lot of very similar leading men. You're just now figuring that out? That's, yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm slow on the uptake. The high action scruff guys? Yeah, <laughs> high action scruff guys are all are, are very typecast. I, I, Jim, Jeremy Renner's proven he can do action. He's not very tall though. Cast, cast for that. We can shoot you around can. that. We can yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they shoot around height things all the time. That's what Apple boxes are for. Exactly. All right. And uh, you know, if you're on a cliff face, you're gonna look smaller no matter what. 
In fact, it can just make the scenery look more epic in comparison. She's selling it. So, That's true. Uh, two leads at the moment. Uh, well, three, Chris Pratt, Gerard Butler, Jeremy Renner. Okay. Let's, I'm, I, I'm going to cut Chris Pratt, not because he wouldn't oh. be great, because he would be, he is the perfect choice, but he's already turned down the role. Okay. He has backed out. He's turned out. down the role. Uh, he's backed out on us, so we got to replace him. We're going to replace him with Gerard Butler or Jeremy Renner. I think, I think Gerard Butler. Gerard Depending Butler? on how in shape he is for the role. All right. All right. So Gerard Butler is going to work with the trainer and get to maybe not 300 level. I, I got to go Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Okay. I think he's, well, just, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm hearing his voice and Gerard Butler has still got yeah. that, that Scottish echo. Mm. Okay. Okay. It just, it just, uh, Jeremy's got the, more of the voice tone. Okay. Congratulations, Jeremy Renner. We'll be in contact you. We'll be, we'll be yeah. in contact. Our pe some people. Our people. people. Our people. people will be not in contact with our people. We're not our people, but some people okay. will contact you. So now on the basis that Jeremy Renner is, uh, is playing our Nathan Drake, okay. we need to cast Elena Fisher, his wife. Okay. Well, on, you know, they... Eventually, and, and, and then they, you know, they, they meet and they fall in love and they get married and then they're like, we're fighting now and then they're like reconciling. Peaks so, and valleys. You know, yeah, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. So this is Elena. She's a, uh, uh, well, she's um, like an investigative reporter. She is. Uh, she's worked on like documentaries. She's serious about this. She's uh, like a nice foil for uh, for our Nathan Drake. Uh, can hold her she own, is but voiced, she has a conscience. Yes, she is voiced uh, in the games by Emily Rose, uh, who does her motion capture as well. There are, you know, similar to how there are a lot of like scruffy action dudes uh, that, that we can go to uh, for a Nathan Drake. Um, for Ellen Fisher, I'm going to run down the list really quick, okay. and then we'll come back and discuss yeah. them. Uh, I'd say Scarlett Johansson. I'm going to have to cut her if we're doing Jeremy Renner, though, because we're going to get too many shades of Marvel. True. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Uh, we can see. Uh, Claire Danes. Yeah. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Oh, I love her. Uh, yeah. Right? She's yeah. great. Um, uh, Lily Reinhardt, although I'm going to cut her as well. She's from Riverdale. Did you watch that? Uh, the blonde. Blonde from Riverdale. Uh, Betty. Yes. Yes, I could see that. She's, I was actually looking at the picture thinking actually, she, she could do She looks a lot like her. Uh, my yeah. concern being that, um, you know, we're doing uh, adults and she's yeah, like... She's She's got that like sort of like high school age look, whereas like, Jeremy no, Renner curious. looks very much an adult. I am curious. Uh, we would have to de-age Jeremy a bit already. She'd be good sure. for the Tom Holland role, maybe. But the yeah. Tom Holland Uncharted. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and another option, Margot Robbie. Margot hmm. Robbie. Yes. I like so, Margot Robbie on this, I think. All right. So um, I'm going to immediately cut Scarlett Johansson. Okay, fair enough. Just because, you know, we're not recasting the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe in Uncharted. Um, I think Jennifer Lawrence... Could do well. Yeah. She's done action stuff with Hunger Games before. Her acting chops aren't always on point. She did a wonderful job in Silver Linings Playbook, mm -hmm. however. So we know that she can. Yeah. Um, she looks good as a blonde. She was in. Uh, she mm -hmm. was blonde in what? Passengers. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and she can pull that look off for sure. Yep. Uh, she's got a, a pretty similar look, and she's got she's got a a name. A, a name to draw in an audience. Yep. Like a tough sure. action get him, background. Get him down yeah. in the theaters. Um, so I think Jennifer Lawrence is a pretty strong contender for for uh, for an Elena. I would. I'm, I'm a little torn between her and Yvonne. Margot Robbie. And I, well, I love Von. I'm all in for Yvonne. Von Stravinsky. 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 With with Chuck, she, she was, can do it too. She yeah, can do it with too. Chuck, she can do the action, but also she had to play that kind of like 
you know, friendly yeah. role that was less of the like high action stuff. Mm -hmm. I think she could do it. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of different facets with Chuck. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys watch uh, Handmaid's Tale. I haven't seen it. Though. She's yet. in that, and she's actually terrifying. Really? Yeah, really? she's she's a very multifaceted character in Handmaid's uh -huh. Tale, um, and so I think her acting chops are on point. Uh -huh. She'd be really great for that. Um, and also, I'd actually quite like to see her um, against Jeremy Renner. I mean, I like I love her. I really do. She's I loved Chuck. That was a great show. One of my favorite shows growing up. Um, mm -hmm. We have reservations. I think it was, it was. My only reservation right now is that right now, there's something about Margot Robbie that she's just got kind of a gravitas to her. This, uh, it, I mean, obviously she can do the action, she can do the um, crazy, playful stuff, which you know that's. You don't want to talk about Suicide Squad as an example of anything good in but, the cinema, but, but Suicide Squad is. As a facet moment, of her performance. At the moment, it's probably the movie she's best known for. She right. did a wonderful job in Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. She was she was great in it, but not as many people, I think, mm -hmm. when they think of Margot Robbie, they're going to think of Harley Quinn. And what else was she in? She uh, was in... Uh, she was briefly was in The movie Big with, Short. Um, she's, it's a movie with Tina Fey. As Margot Robbie in a bathtub. And uh, and I'm forgetting, I'm blanking oh, on the name the right now. Um Apparently she was in, not the one you're thinking of. No, uh, I'm thinking of... Whiskey Tango Foxtrot? Whiskey, whiskey Tango Foxtrot. That, yeah. So in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, appropriately, she plays an investigative mm. journalist. Well, she's a, she's a war journalist in that. Uh, and she is, she's quite good in it. Yeah. I thought, you know, she's, uh, you know, por portrays that sort of like very friendly, but also a bit tough and a bit badass. There's, you know, she's not out fighting or scaling cliffs or anything. Um, but I feel like she's got range. She'd be good. She's stunning, which always helps. I forgot that she was in Tarzan, which I guess she didn't watch. Is she Tarzan? Jane? She, yeah, I oh, believe man. so. Uh, Did not watch that. Didn't see it. A lot of imagery though, where she's in that like forest or like lost civilization kind of look, mm -hmm. that I could see her doing well. I think what she's, what, she, what speaks to me about her in this role, she's got uh, several of those other character actresses have uh, just like this, this slight error more of. of innocence uh, to them than I think Margot Robbie has. Margot Robbie just has got like this maturity to her bearing. Like it's it's like someone that's seen some shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean that that would work quite well for, you know, cause we're doing the adult, like a, like adult um, Elena. This is not, you know, when she first right. meets Right, it's been Nathan. through adventures. So she's wondering. Right, right. Okay. So let's, let's say that like that would be a good thing for her. But uh, all those great contenders were great. Uh, Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Strahovski. <laughs> uh, I think I would not be unhappy with any of the. Okay. Things. Well, let's say I, I I like Margot Robbie. Yeah, I'll concede for Margot. All right. All right. I pitched so it well. You're welcome, Margot. So right now we've got Jeremy Renner playing Nathan Drake. We've got Margot Robbie playing Elena Fisher. Um, so it's important for any good hero to have chicks to choose from. <laughs> so um, Elena is uh, is his main chick, uh, but uh, he also at one point um, Chloe was his other love interest, and we should find a Chloe Fraser. So uh, she's actually one of the best like female personalities like I've I've seen in video games. She's really great. She um, she's a thief. She's impulsive. She's um, she's selfish and she knows it and she's 
complex. Yeah, she's she's very straightforward about what she wants. She's going to go for it, and she's not going to let anything stop her. Oh. Hmm. I have fewer suggestions for this one because I thought of one, and it kind of stuck with me, and I had trouble thinking of anyone else. Okay. Um, and my suggestion for her the is Elodie Young. Okay. So she plays Elektra in the Daredevil series uh, oh. for Marvel, and uh, and she's in the oh. Defenders. And okay. while I do not care specifically for Elektra's storyline, mm -hmm. I think her acting has been pretty on point. That's that's a good suggestion. I have not seen Daredevil, so I, I can't weigh really in on her. Just yeah, I, I, I don't think I've seen her in, I don't think I've seen her in anything else specifically, or at least nothing that I've seen. Okay. But uh, she's got a wonderful presence. Like, well, she's very compelling when she's on screen. I'm always looking at her, which okay. I think is, is important for a character that just has that sort of magnetism, mm -hmm. uh, like I feel like Chloe has. Mm -hmm. So she's my, she's my number one suggestion. Uh, I have seen elsewhere suggested, uh, and this is a very different suggestion, Olivia Wilde. Mm. Olivia but I think, she might, I think she might look a little bit too soft and too close uh, in style to... Uh, oh, you mean Olivia Wilde or Olivia Munn? I think I saw Olivia Wilde would be kind of whitewashing it a bit. Yeah, that's. I agree. I, I'm yeah. not sure she's to look for. Olivia Munn yeah. is interesting. Yeah, I don't but know. I, I would immediately go in favor of Elodie Young. Yeah, but between those two. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, though I'd, I'd like to see her bulk up a bit for it. For the oh, world. absolutely. Yeah, like like get ripped. She's very live. She's a treasure hunter. I'd like to see her bulk a little. Okay. Uh, hmm. All right, and if you guys have any like other suggestions, right people it. you think would make a wonderful Chloe in our uh, Uncharted movie, leave them in the comments because I'm very curious. Like I said, I got on a one-track mind the second I thought of Elodie, so uh, <laughs> not the best there. But one of the most important characters that we uh, absolutely have to cast for in an Uncharted movie is Sully. Okay. So Sully is a longtime partner of Nathan Drake. He's also a treasure hunter. He's kind of a father figure. Um, he's a little bit older. He's been around. Um, He's uh, generally like somehow kind of broke-ish and yet able to mm -hmm. fund all these different projects. Um, he's rocking like a, like a like a bowling style-ish shirt and like like Dockers and uh, and he's got cigars constantly. It looks like that older smooth talker. I'm just thinking like I look at him right there. I'm like that's that's like. Tom Selleck. That's like, I'm Magnum P.I. in the modern day. It's funny you say that. Tom Selleck is one of these suggestions. He's here. got the stash. I mean, he's got the Tom Selleck stash. All right, so uh, let's, um, similar to what we did uh, with our Elena candidates, I'm going to run down yeah. a list of names, yes. and we'll come back and, and discuss some potential candidates. Okay. Okay. Uh, one that is uh, a very popular choice, J.K. Simmons. Okay. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, a la The Matador. Okay. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Mm -hmm. Oh, Bruce Campbell. Uh, Tom Selleck, which you mentioned, and Jeff Bridges. Okay. So uh, I think we got lots of really, like, Good really options. strong options for Sully. So we're going to end up with a rock and Sully. This is going to be a great movie, guys. Yeah. Ezra, he's, he's also very, he's got that sarcasm, kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of thing to him, too, right? He's, he's a little quippy. So Bruce Campbell, I think, yeah. is an interesting one. Did you ever watch Burn Notice? Yeah. Okay, so he basically was, was this guy in Burn Notice. That, yeah. uh, so in that regard, it could be a less creative choice because we've basically seen him be this character already. But we've never seen him with a mustache. Well, we've never seen him with a mustache. Yeah, I'd like to see him with a mustache to see how that would play <laughs> See how Bruce Campbell with the mustache looks. Um, the, the only possible holdup there being 
he kind of looks like an aged up Nathan Drake. Kind of. I could kind of see that. Um, I just can't stop thinking so you, of Evil Dead. So but. you could cause a little bit of... Uh, I don't know, young Bruce Campbell didn't there. look like Nathan Drake, really. So That's true. He looks like an aged up Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Uh, but J.K. Simmons is a very uh, well-known, very popular character actor. Mm -hmm. he, he a lot of times plays a little bit more hard-nosed characters, but he does have a pretty similar look yeah. to, the, to the Sully that we're going And he's for. ripped. Jesus, he's, what is that? Sweet yeah, did anyone Jesus. know that J.K. Simmons was that ripped? No. Right? But he does have a mustache the in hell? a lot of the roles. That's, what, so if, you wanna, if you want to cast the mustache, you got it. Hmm. Man. J. Jonah Jameson's gonna kick Spider-Man's ass next time. <laughs> Look at the Look at the veins. Good the God. veins. It's like he's got worms under his skin. Uh, you know what, though, I'm, the, the Tom Selleck is definitely growing on me. Tom Selleck, for sure, because he's got that sort of... He's gotta get back to that. Sort of, sort of like suave or smooth talking, mm -hmm. very like laid back. He's gonna, gonna suit the, the bowling shirt and the dockers and the cigar. He's grown into a little bit. His, 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 he now maybe has too much uh, yeah. gravitas. Too much gravitas. You think he's like he, he would have to be like channeling that like Magnum PI. Maybe not casual stuff. enough. Yeah, he's got to. He would have to really go back to his '80s persona, and I don't. I don't know if he's there anymore. All right, well, if you're thinking like you need to get that that sort of like casual, laid back vibe going on, what do you think of Jeff Bridges? Hmm. I'm thinking him in like he's, Tron Legacy. He's so all over the place. He could yeah. probably do it. I mean, like at an acting level, it's hard to. Really peg down Jeff Bridges. So okay, I'm gonna range? throw. So Je Jeff Bridges is first of all a he's a great actor to have in our film mm -hmm. because you know he's got the name, he's got the history. Everyone loves Je Jeff Bridges. Everyone knows Jeff Bridges. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I've just thought of another one, hmm. um, and I'm. Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. I see his face. He's in Death Proof. And he was just in Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2. Kurt Russell, there we go. Thank Kurt you. Russell could do it. Thank you. I was thinking Captain Ron as well, by the way. Wonderful Kurt Russell role. But uh He's got that kind of old shyster sort yeah. of. You could, if, you, if you took Kurt Russell and you got that, he's got that sort of smooth talk and he's very charismatic. He's got a little bit of fast talking. I like to Kurt him Russell as well. Uh he can rock the mustache. Yeah. There I he is, rocking the mustache. He looks like uh, I mean, that mustache especially makes him look like very much what Sully is, which is yeah. essentially a fugitive from Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that could work. Yeah. All right. That's a, um, thank you, Brain. Good job, Brain. Good yeah. job, Brain. Thanks. Um, I, so now we're leaving. We've made the, uh, the decision uh, that uh, due Russell? to canonical, yeah, so we've got Kurt Russell okay. as, as Sully. Uh, we've got um, Elodie Young for Chloe. We've got Margot Robbie for Elena, and we've got Jeremy Renner for Nathan Drake. I think our movie is really coming together. Yeah. The only thing we need now is an antagonist to pit them against. Okay. Now, um, let's do. Maybe we'll call this like there'll be a like primary, secondary antagonist the way you you usually have. Now, um, Nadine Ross has already been a secondary antagonist, so perhaps she reprises her role in this. She, okay. She's just going to keep coming up to be a thorn in Nathan Drake's side. Mm -hmm. She'll you know survive to annoy him another day mm -hmm. uh, but she does not like Nathan she does not like Nathan's friends and so we're going to have her as a secondary antagonist okay we'll, we'll work on the primary antagonist another time uh, but uh, she is 
uh, in the games. Mm -hmm. She is uh, voiced in motion captured by Laura Bailey. She's uh, South African. She's also talk about a lady with guns. I mean, these arms are. She's she's built. She's a mercenary. She's, a she's not just a mercenary. She runs a mercenary company. She would murder me by flexing her bicep. She is. Yes. She's not one to mess with. Um, so she runs Shoreline. They will come up, and there'll be a lot of the bad guys in our in our movie here. Okay. Uh, there can be a lot of the, the red shirts that our, our heroes overcome are going to be her dudes. Now, a uh, couple, I've only got a couple suggestions here, but love to see if you guys have any, any additional ones. One is uh, Natalie Emanuel. That's Miss Sandy from Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good pick. I don't know what she, uh, now, she uh, isn't built. Like, she's not like crazy muscly <laughs> the way that uh, Nadine is yet. She can mm -hmm. go to the gym, she can train, it worked out for Wonder Woman, but she's got a wonderful look okay. for it. Yeah. Um, and she's known well enough from Game of Thrones mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I think people are like, oh, the you know, from Game of Thrones. But she, she's new enough that yeah. she's kind of a fresh face. I mean, I'm just looking at this though, I don't, I don't feel like Nadine should be a fresh face. She's, okay. She's, yeah. I mean, she's ahead of. If she's going to enter this as the head of the mercenary company, she's been through some shit. Okay. Like if you look at the character we had up a second ago, she looked weathered. She, she looked she, like she, she looked had. Like she's been. She's come through fights. And not that they couldn't turn this into that, but when when what is what season of Game of Thrones is this from? Um, I'm gonna say. I mean, it's definitely not this one. It's earlier on. Is she? She may more, still be wearing her slave collar. Yeah, more know. recent. She looks. A little more weathered. A little bit a little more. more she's, like, you know, she's, she's, an, done some she's an adult now. Yeah. She's, she's got to look like she's been through some stuff. Yeah, she does. Um, in Game of Thrones, she does tend to look pretty well, like, put together and composed. Okay. Uh, another option, if, if you feel like she doesn't look hard enough, is uh, Tessa Thompson. So you will have seen her in the trailers for Thor Ragnarok as the Valkyrie. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So... Got Much more action, got action chops. Um, looking a bit scary. Um, looks like she absolutely could throw a punch and knock you on your ass. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. Well, we could potentially look at. Oh, I'm terrible on names today. Um, what movie? She plays. If only we had a magic machine. She's the green lady in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Oh, uh, Zoe. Gamora? Zoe. Uh, Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. There we go. Now, she, the only thing about her is she's quite tiny. She's pretty tiny. So she's a little bitty. Uh, but she also looks tough. Yeah, I think she could pull that off really well. Well, this is one. Uh, oh, yeah. that's a wonderful choice. Rosario Dawson. Oh. Rosario Dawson. Um, again, Daredevil. So mm. uh, she and uh, Elodie Young. Would, uh, we get a package deal. Yeah. yeah they, we'll just uh, talk with the Daredevil people. That, Get me a see, discount. Those um, eyes right there, those are the eyes of a, the lead of mercenary couple. Rosario Dawson. Uh, yeah. Well known. Great acting chops. She looks like if like she hits you, she's going to mean it. Yeah. Uh, established name. Yeah. She like she looks she, like she's lovely, but also looks serious. She's got a real serious, heavy, uh, when she wants to, has a real heavy presence. Now, she was also in uh, Sin City. Sin City, yeah, and she was basically and she the was leader of the prostitutes. And she was terrifying in that. Yeah. So, uh, I like her as a choice for mm. that. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, the hang-up being she is... I, like, she's still gorgeous. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, but she's, she's got a mature beautiful to her. Yeah, mm -hmm. as opposed to some of the, Zoe is uh, Saldana is actually like late thirties, 
40s. Mm -hmm. Could be younger than, she could be 20. Yeah. Looking at She looks amazing. Yes, she does. She's 39. Yeah. Oh, so jealous. Um, but you know what? I'm liking, I'm liking Rosario Dawson. Yeah. So, okay. That's our here is, Here's our cast as right. it stands. Our cast is Nathan Drake, played by Jeremy Renner. Elena Fisher, played by Margot Robbie. Chloe Frazier, played by Elodie Young. Sully, played by, who did we decide to go with? Uh, I think we went with uh, we Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, that's yeah. right. I was, I was getting confused. Edition. I was like, I was like, none of these ones that are on my list seem like the one. Uh, we did it, guys. I think right. we just made the the first bestest successful I'll start video game calls. movie. Now adaptation. they just need a writer. That's really what we should have devoted our time to. Is finding <laughs> Look, one if of there's those. if there's anything we learned from a Suicide Squad, it's that you don't need to bother writing your movie for it to make a lot of money. Or just don't. If Maybe there's anything we learned from Suicide Squad, it's don't watch Suicide Squad. Maybe <laughs> <not> <laughs> All right. Well, that is um, that. That's it for glitch, please. All right. That's fine. We don't normally we don't normally take time out to do really stupid stuff like casting video game movies, but uh, I enjoy it every now and again. So yeah. thank you for indulging me, guys. Had a good time. Absolutely. Thanks All right. For and on. and if you guys uh, if you have suggestions, if you want to do like a crazy shakeup, let's say we lose one of our actors, who should be in these roles? Let us know uh, in the comments. If you are uh, listening to this on, on Google Play or on iTunes, uh, please uh, leave our podcast a review. Let everyone know uh, what you think about it. Help other people to find us. Um, if you're watching this, please give us a nice thumbs up and let us know your thoughts on Uncharted, the perfect Uncharted castings. And we'll see you guys next week. If you're a first member, we will have a new game plus for you. Bye.